Hey guys, welcome back to Keeping It Simple. This is Luis Sanchez. I'm here with my co-host. Hey, I'm Scott Callantine. Welcome to the episode. Let's get started. Hey, welcome back to the episode, Keeping It Simple, season two. I don't even know what episode number this is anymore, but welcome back to the episode. Let's go. Way to be here. I'm here with my co-host, Luis, and we are excited for today's interview. It's another special guest. Yes, we love to have special guests here on Keeping It Simple. Today, we have a friend from the Kansas City Underground, Timmy. Timmy, say what's up to the people. What's up, people? Hey, Timmy, welcome to Keeping It Simple. Um, For people that are maybe listening for the first time, uh, the podcast uh, focuses on two things, micro expressions of the church and leadership development. And I know, Timmy, that you've got your hands in in both of those things. Before we get started, tell us a little bit about yourself and um, what drew you to micro churches. Yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, so come out of 20 years in food service, um, not connected to, to the ministry world primarily, um, but have always grew up a Christ follower, always lived within a church. This, this 20 plus years sitting in the pews, this burning thing in the back of my brain that I didn't know what to do with. It was that the church, the way we were doing church, something was missing. And I just didn't know what it was. And because it wasn't my wheelhouse it wasn't my it wasn't my industry it wasn't my career i just i just lived in church i just lived in the way that uh the the church that had been handed to me um but about three years ago uh casey underground began to emerge out of a prevailing model here in kansas prevailing model church here in kansas city and it was it it was like that was the fire was lit inside me it was the thing that all along i i knew i knew was missing i just didn't know what it was so were you a part of that original team yeah, I was. My wife and I had been attending um, a church here in Kansas City, and uh, and a handful of the leaders that were on staff there decided to um, depart from that ministry and launch the KC Underground. And uh, at that time, my wife and I came in as as just as commis- committed missionaries. We we came in as uh, as regular, ordinary people who just wanted to right. live on mission in our neighborhoods and in our workplaces. Um, but over the course of about the first year of KC Underground. I felt the tug further to, to leave the career that I was in um, and in. to jump, yeah, to lean in, right? To take on some some ownership of the network and not just my own neighborhood, but but Kansas City at large. Well, you're leading us right into where we kind of wanted to go with this here is tell us about your role in the Kansas City, Kansas City Underground. What does that look like for you now? Yeah, so I serve as the, uh, the director of financial services team, um, which is, uh, it, we exist as a two entity structure. Um, on the one side is this centralized, organized, mission-sending agency. And on the other side is this uh, decentralized network of missionaries and microchurches and collectives of microchurches. So I, I serve both sides of that network. So the day-to-day may look like a lot of bookkeeping efforts for the underground, just keeping us compliant within tax law, really the, the, the everyday requirement stuff. But on that network side, it's just providing the services, the, the entire service platform that our missionaries and microchurches need to, to, to flourish and thrive in their neighborhoods and networks. So um, that may be you know helping a missionary put together a debt reduction plan for their life so they can live fully, fully alive in, in their generosity and be good stewards of the resources. It may be providing micro grants for a, a micro church or a ministry that's looking to spin up a new endeavor. Um, the day-to-day is, is it, it's different every day. And, uh, and, and it, it ends with just being able to serve missionaries and micro church leaders and see them uh, thrive and in the place God's put them. 
Nice. One of one of the conversations I think that one of the first times that we had a conversation, I think, was I reached out to Brian from the KC Underground. I was like, man, it's budget season for us. Uh, and uh, man, I'd love to learn a little bit more about how you guys handle your finances, right? Because we we all have dreams and aspirations, right? Uh, yeah. We go into like, hey, we want to do ministry, we want to bless people, we want to do a bunch of the cool things uh, until we look at our bank accounts, right? And we're like, okay. So how do I handle this? How do I manage this? How do I be a good steward of this? You know, and so having that conversation with you a couple months back was like really helpful. We were in, you know, in the throes of budgeting season now and mm-hmm. said, hey man, this season, it'd be amazing to have Timmy on because we're focusing on the nuts and bolts of, you know, planting the gospel and seeing simple churches emerge. And we're asking ourselves the question, what kind of tools do you know, potential simple church leaders, micro church leaders in the future and in the present need. And so can we just start a little bit like broad uh, and and just can you just tell us how the finances are generally just set up in your network? Like when you talk about money at the KC Underground, what, you know, what does that look like? Can you break that down for us? Yeah. So uh, this this model and I'm sure you guys have talked about this in previous seasons, but this model is 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 so lightweight and mobile and transferable and it and it doesn't require a whole lot um and so we we leverage that to our benefit right we are catalyzing and equipping everyday missionaries to exist in their workplaces right we've moved um, outside of the consumer box church and move into a sending model where we are just giving people everything they need and and so much of that just comes through the relational networks that we have right it comes through ongoing coaching and it just comes for helping people navigate the the difficulties and struggles in living on mission and so there, there's not a, a large overhead right we i'm right. in a i'm in our office right now but uh, it, it's it's a pretty small building and uh and it's pretty unassuming in the middle of a strip mall uh, here in Shawnee, Kansas, you you wouldn't know what we were. We don't have a whole big branding. We're not a, a corner lot. Um, so there are expenses, right? There's operational expenses like any nonprofit, like any business has. But ultimately, we we exist to give as much of that money away as we can. So so we uh, we have this um, intentional effort every year when we build our budget that we want more than fifty percent of our. Uh, of our budget to be outward, what we say is outward facing, right? So that it's, it's given away to equip those missionaries and microchurch leaders. Um, we're given away, we're, I mean, like we're in the throes of budget season right now for next year. So this is all fresh in my mind. We are uh, uh, planning to give away $40,000 next year in micro grants. Mm. to missionaries to micro churches in the city um to new to new ministries that are that need that initial capital to get them going um we're looking to give away another 50,000 to our global partners um to DMM disciple making movement practitioners uh all across uh, northeast africa india um south africa um and then we know that to to saturate this city with the gospel it's not going to be Kansas City underground and it's not going to be this Shawnee location either. So um, we've put it over almost $200,000 next year in equipping other leaders in other pockets of people in other parts of the city uh, to to launch hubs like ours, right? To launch a a team of dedicated leaders that want to coach and catalyze people in that pocket in the pocket of people in the neighborhood and the network of the city. So it is our intentions to give away so much and to keep really none for ourselves. We're not out for the glory and pocket lining. Again, you know, there's, there's overhead that has to be there operations every day, 
Um, but really it's our intentions to consider, uh, to consider the everyday person and, and make sure that we're, um, elevating their needs above our own. Yeah. It's our aspiration too. I didn't know that that was your aspiration, but our aspiration was like, is to give away 50% of the, of, of anything that comes in to multiplying leaders, multiplying simple churches. Right. Yeah. And helping to create environments. This is what I'm saying right now, where believers and unbelievers uh, can begin conversations and continue conversations, you know, uh, about faith and life and the gospel and some kind of throwing events and that kind of thing. So that's amazing that you guys have a similar vision also. Yeah, it's always been, it was a, it was a realization a couple of years ago when we were building the budget and we started to see like, and you know, we can touch on this if we want. I, I always, I'm always careful to not posit us in comparison to the predominant model in the West. Mm-hmm. I don't, we don't, we're for all, you know, we're for all sure. expressions of the church, but to think about like, we're giving away 10% of our budget next year to, to global missions. Most churches don't give away 10% of their budget to missions, period. Right. To give away, we, I wrote, I wrote it's like $75,000 in checks in October to our, just to give away. It's like, I, I know organizations that do, I know organizations that are worth 10 times as much as us that don't give away that in a year. It's uh, like, it's a, that's just our heartbeat. It's just to give it away and to empower and equip for the multiplication. Yeah, dude. Appreciate that. I hope that. Yeah, that's, and I, I see Jesus' heart in that. So, Timmy, mm-hmm. uh, I love the, the heart to give away the money and everything you guys are talking about. I love that. But at the KC Underground, where does your guys' income come from? And then specifically, where do you send it? Absolutely. So we, uh, up to this point, we've had three main revenue streams. Um, the first is tithes and offerings, uh, just to see that uh, the, the missionaries and microchurch leaders that are in our network are, they're already that, that uh, committed individual, right? They're already those individuals that are leaning in and are, they're being good stewards of everything God's given them. So um, we have an incredibly generous group of, of missionaries and microchurch leaders. Uh, the second is organizational fundraising. We have just uh, spent, especially the first the first two years, spent a, a really uh, a w- developing good relationships with churches, parachurch organizations, both in our city and beyond. That say we believe in this, we see the need for this. The this this is the future of church or a part of the future of church. Um, and so we have had some really generous partners in, in that way as well. And then thirdly is our personal fundraising. So all of us that are on staff, um, we, we raise our own support outside of the network. Um, so it is our aspirational goal to not take anything from the tithes and offerings for our own salaries. Um, we are making a shift in that in 2022, a, a kind of an intentional shift in that language in 2022 to say, um, none of we we will start using some of those ties and offerings for staff salaries but it's going to be to empower those leaders who um uh, maybe come out of incarceration and don't have the relational network to do personal fundraising on their own or who maybe um just are are in a part of the city that has lesser means and are less connected and under-resourced so we want to put money into those individuals to say we're not going to, you're not going to get a full salary from us and we are going to coach you in fundraising, but we believe in you enough that we want to support you with this. So, um, so those are the three ties and offerings, organizational fundraising, and then personal fundraising. Um, we do also have a real heart for businesses mission, um, yeah. and, and seeing 
uh, micro enterprise emerge, uh, ways to give to, to have revenue flow back into the network. Um, that business is owned by the network um, that ultimately may spin off onto their own ministries or spin off into their own for profits. Um, so that's coming down the pike. We, it is something that we are anticipating, and we've got some good partners in the city that we think are going to launch that. So, yeah, give me the second. Yeah, go ahead. The, the second part of that question is where specifically does that that money go? I know you mentioned like micro grants and different such, um, but where exactly does the KC's underground send their money? You know giving it away and such. Absolutely. Some examples, you kind of mentioned a a few, but. Yeah, so just just last month, just in October, we had the opportunity, it was like kind of our year end push um, to to close out some commitments that we had made earlier in the year. So we we sent money to, particularly this year was really significant with with um, both Haiti and Afghanistan. We had disciple making movement partners and practitioners in, in Haiti and Afghanistan that we wanted to send money to to help kind of in, in this in the midst of this crisis that they're dealing with. Um, uh, we bought motorcycles last year for uh, DMM trip practitioners in Northeast Africa. These guys were walking like f- sometimes two days just to get to these unreached people groups so that they could uh, could love and live in and, and pour into these leaders there. So we, uh, we heard about a need through somebody in our network. He approached us and said, hey, I've got this need. Uh, you think you can help fill it in some way? We bought these four motorcycles and, and uh, were able to, to hear stories from these guys. It was cutting their, cutting their travel time, you know, right by like 90%. And they're able to get uh, to these to these unreached people groups and and the multiplication that's happening out of it and it was such a little investment but we saw the need right and that's what we do we want to see the need in the networks and 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 resource the need um, we have another uh, ministry partner here in Kansas City the single mom KC um, which just serves to um, uh, forgive me their their goal is to end fatherlessness in Kansas City and that doesn't mean that every kid has a father, but that every kid knows the father. And so we were able to give a, a generous gift to, to them in October to really help them close out their 2021 fundraising efforts in anticipation of 2022. And then just the little stuff, right? The, the microchurch grants that we've given um, to, uh, to leaders in, in the urban core that are trying to throw an event to, to, to garner more uh, attraction to what they're doing. And, and bring in new uh, potential missionaries to their network. That's awesome, man. Thanks for, thanks for giving us tangible yeah. examples. That's, that's helps. I think it helps us, even Luis and I, but then those listening kind of envision we, we gain that money and then we send it out and how can that look and how does that work and such. That's great. Uh, benevolence is another good one. Uh, so we, um, we, we do set aside a large chunk for benevolence every year. It's not to say that we're, we don't care about the, the micro church, like the everyday person that the new disciple that's coming into a micro church, but we're for the missionary, right? So we are for catalyzing and equipping the missionary. So we have benevolence funds uh, as well to assist, um, in, in whatever that, you know, unexpected when, which the last two years has shown us the unexpected yeah. that arises and can- when life happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's. And that's also like pastoral care and just good stewardship of your people and your leaders and stuff. That's amazing. Yeah, thanks. You know, speaking about people and just a lot of times they're lay people, right? And we kind of touched on this earlier. You guys talked about a little bit about fundraising, but most people in our experience and in my experience that lead micros or that lead simple churches, they're, they're 
um, they have nine to fives or they have other jobs, right? They're just people that have other kind of work. And so how common, and I think you kind of mentioned this a little bit, but how common is it for people within your network, not just uh, people that are working at the hub or something, for them to be co-vocational or bivocational? How common is it um, for them to to have jobs outside of the network? Yeah, we have over 100, uh, what we say, committed missionaries to the underground. Um, and I would say outside of the eight of us that exist in the operations team and on staff, everyone else just has everyday jobs. We have teachers and, uh, and bankers and painters and business owners and baristas. And I mean, you name it, it spans the gamut because they're just everyday people that have said, I want to transform the city. I want to see gospel saturation realized. And it doesn't matter what my career is. I can do that without. And then those of us on staff, uh, like I said before, we do, we are fundraising, but, but we do um, have uh, our foot in a lot of, a lot of, uh, a lot of worlds. So um, uh, some co-vocation, bivocation, and some coaching that happens for outside of the city. Um, like I mentioned before, I come out of food service. So I always have the capacity to kind of fall back on there and come around the holidays. Um, I reach out to my friends and to see what help they need. Mm, you probably also make a fire turkey, dude. So being in food we'll, service, I, we'll I can't imagine. <laughs> uh, when, when we think about, so some of our audience might be uh, more of the, they have a lot of experience in the traditional prevailing model mm-hmm. and maybe are trying to pivot to the micro church, the simple church expression. And maybe even trying to wrap their mind around that or, or trying to think practically, well, okay, well, how does this work? How do we get from A to B? And obviously there's differences between the Sunday morning expression and the micro expression, right? What are, what are some of the main differences that you've seen? And maybe what are some, some advice that you would give someone who's trying to, to make that kind of pivot as far as the financial realm goes from envisioning know, a staff team of youth staff, children's staff, mm. executive staff, worship staff, et cetera. What kind of advice might you give that person who's trying to make that pivot in their mind from that, that traditional experience and how they see the finances work to, to the simple church expression? Yeah. So the biggest thing is that just a lot of that stuff goes away. And it's not to say that youth or students ministries or family ministries are, are unimportant. Um, but the, the events and the programs, the buildings required, all the energy to, to put that stuff together kind of just goes away because the intent is to say, you know, you, Scott, you, Luis, you are created for a masterpiece mission. You are created for God's put on your heart something that he wants you to live into. And we want to help you discover what that is. If that's kids, great. We have, we have a, an equipping team for children and family that can help you realize what does it mean and how do we meaningfully engage our kids in scripture? How do we disciple our kids at home instead of leaving it up to a paid professional? And so it's not a large staff of people that need to maintain a Sunday school experience uh, or, or plan events and organize and arrange that. It's we'll give you the coaching and the tools that you need to, to disciple your own kids. To, to catalyze the students in your house to be missionaries in their schools, to see a microchurch emerge and exist in every campus in Kansas City. Um, and then 
so it's, it's making a shift from what we think we've always known, right? Like we were handed this version of church and this is what we have to do versus throwing it all out the window and, and, and just figuring out what are the ones that you need, right? What's the first thing you need and, and start with that and build around that one thing that is a need. Yeah. What are some of the needs that you guys have, um, at, you know, and things that you put money into? Um, right now, yeah, you know, our, our we offer uh, a service platform for all the missionaries and microchurch leaders um, that exist through the the equipping teams of each hub. So the Shawnee hub that that I operate out of, um, we have a, a a children and family equipping team. We have a a, a citywide student initiatives um, team that is that, as I said before, wants to see a microchurch emerge on every campus and every every middle school and high school campus in the city. Um, we have a worship team, which doesn't create a worship experience, but helps you realize what does it mean to worship Jesus? How are, how are the ways that we worship Jesus? Now, we can also serve the network by saying, oh, you're going you're gonna to throw an event and you need worship? Cool. We can, fig- we can figure out how to get you a band. We can figure out how to get you a sound system. We can assist you and maybe even micro-grant you those services as needed. Um, children, family, media, the, the financial services team, right? So that's another one to go back to. Of course, my heart is, is in micro grants and given, given um, money and time away to those individuals that need it um, and just help them live into like the full, fully alive, like expression that Jesus has for them. Nice. What's your guys' process for the micro grants? Is there like some sort of do you hear about them like word on the street or like how's it go? Yeah, well, I mean, we talk about them a lot. Uh, we talk about them in our equipping gatherings, which is the, the the time when our missionaries get together and we equip them in whatever the tools that uh, are coaching that they need in the moment. So we talk about them a lot. Um, and when because our missionaries are regularly connecting with their ongoing coach, the ongoing coach is, is always aware of what the needs are uh, for their microchurch or for the mission field that they're living into. Um, and so when, in, when the ongoing coach may see a need arise, they can suggest, Hey, why don't you, why don't you reach out, fill out a request for a micro grant? And then our, our financial team will assess that and, uh, and typically green light it because these are people that are on fire and they've got great ideas and we want to throw, uh, all, all our weight and influence buying great ideas. That's awesome. I love that idea. The micro grants. Yeah. Something that you've mentioned repeatedly here uh, is the idea of fundraising. You mentioned like a more of a, a corporate Kansas City underground fundraising and then the individual support fundraising that each of you guys go through. Could you kind of walk us through how significant is it to fundraise? And maybe you know, that's, that's something that for some people listening might be difficult to get their mind around that they need to people need to fundraise their support. Like we live in America. What are you talking about? That might be hard for some people. Why is that super important as a network to do that? And then maybe like a a word of advice as people might be thinking about that fundraising process. Absolutely. We see uh, uh, numerous examples throughout scripture um, of, of people on mission, people serving God and serving, bringing kingdom where it isn't. And that requires time and money and energy. Um, and so we don't have anything theologically wrong with, with 
um, asking for support. I mean, we saw, what is it? In, uh, Nehemiah goes to the king, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Says, I need these resources. Mm-hmm. And, and he asks boldly. Um, now he's got God in his corner and, he, and we know the end of that story. Um, but we see in Paul, right? In Paul's ministries that was supported um, by the network. And mm-hmm. that, is a, that is a value that we wanted to communicate that, um, that we aren't taking from the tithes and offerings. We are, uh, we are establishing a missionary culture and we want to we wanna set forth this idea that it requires all of us partnering together, supporting one another um, to, move, to, move king, to join Jesus in moving kingdom forward and advancing into the dark places in our city. Um, so, you know, we, we put a high value on fundraising. Um, we are in the midst of creating a, a cohort right now for a lot of these new staff members that we're going to be bringing on for these new hubs and leaders across the city. We're putting together a, a cohort that will help train them. And it's, it, it is, it's, it's a shift, right? I had to make that shift myself. Like I, I come from a, a, a mindset of you work to earn money and, and we're doing work. And so it is, it is um, fundraising and it is asking for people to partner with us, but we're doing work, right? We're doing work at the kingdom. And so we can't undermine that, that what we're doing isn't work. We can't, uh, we have to embrace that that's what that is and recognize that this is the work God's called us into. And, uh, and, and we've, we've all been called to different work and uh, this is ours. So those main three, three um, streams of income for you guys is um, uh, tithes and offerings from your uh, missionaries, uh, the networks of relationships, and, you know, for uh, parachurch organizations and others locally and beyond, and then uh, the personal fundraising that the people that are on, uh, what you guys, you guys didn't call it staff, you guys called it the operations team. Yeah, we call um, our operations team. Might steal that actually. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> even just like oh. our own language, you know. I'll charge. Like, I'll yeah. charge you for it. Oh man, Sounds you, good. you guys, we're, <laughs> we owe you a lot of money. <laughs> the amount of things we've stolen. All from the, you guys. the amount. Today, I, I was looking at some people started stealing stuff from us today, and I said um, to Melissa, I texted them, and I, and I was like, their website looked a lot like ours, right? And so I was like, babe. I'm flattered, right? Well, Go pass, Jesus. Pass it along. Pass it along. Because the things that we've stolen, now other people can steal from us, you know? Give it away, so, man. Give it all away. Give it all yeah. away. And also was like, what? And I was like, yeah, man, give it all away. Exactly, exactly. But let there's me no, ask you this There's no question. trade secrets. There's no trade no, secrets when, it, when it's that's kingdom. Right. That's right. That's right. Give it all away. I mean, and that's the thing, right? If you live open-handed, and that's what I was teaching my son recently. My son started a business um, just right in the middle of Corona. He started a, a, a mowing business. He's eight years old at the time. We printed 250 um, flyers and we walked around the entire neighborhood. We got about four or five customers. Uh, and we would, you know, in those days, everybody was quarantining. And so like we had more time. And so I was going around and and and, and helping him. I did more than half the work. He got paid pretty handsomely for an eight-year-old. Um, and we did two seasons of that now. Um, but I was, I was teaching, I was like, Noah, listen, man, you, you, you have to live with your palms open mm-hmm. because if you live with your palms open, you can receive and you can also give. And when yeah. you give, right? Um, um, your palms are open also to receive. And, and, and we see that Jesus lived that way. And we see that Jesus's people live that way. Book of Acts at the beginning, you know, they no, nobody had a need because 
Jesus's people were generous, right? Yeah. The, the the people of the way were generous people, and so and so that's something that we're you know trying to teach our kids from. And you know, honestly, it's sometimes even hard for adults, though, right? Like mm. learning that entire you know when we talk about money, um, stewardship and generosity, it's one of our values. We've talked about it, but it's it it can be difficult, right? Mm. And it's something that has to be born out of the spirit and out of like this kind of uh, gratefulness speaking about thanksgiving right like out of the heart because we're thankful for what the lord has done for us so i appreciate i mean we we look up to you guys in so many ways but this is now another way that mm-hmm. that we see you know you're giving it all away and that just is so much like jesus as we kind of st- i have i have a question here not to kind of cut you no, guys off good, here so but as you're talking about like talking about money openly with noah and we try to be pretty transparent here mm-hmm. at the collective with our finances and what that's like. In KC, uh, how often do you guys talk about money in general? And what is that? Is that like a taboo subject? Because I know in some church circles, that's like, a, a we don't talk about that, you know? Um, so what is that like in Kansas City? Yeah, I mean, we are like a, we are in the middle of our 2022 budget season. So we uh, presented our proposed budget to our uh, team of missionaries just last week, and we've asked them the question, uh, will you prayerfully consider how Jesus is asking you to partner with us in furthering gospel saturation in Kansas City? Um, so we presented the budget. Uh, we, we told stories for mm-hmm. an hour. We worshiped and told stories of the goodness of God and, and the way kingdom is advancing in this city. And we spent about five minutes talking about the budget. We spent about five minutes asking them to prayerfully consider it. And then we went back to worshiping Jesus because that's what it was all about. Um, and and we, we do. We ask our missionaries to, to commit, not because we uh, are going to come after them, but because right. we, just like we expect them and we expect ourselves, we expect our network to be good stewards of those resources. And so no, we're, not, we're never going to spend. This is a value of ours. We will never spend money we won't have. Mm. Uh, you'll never see the Casey Underground. In, in red ink. Right. And uh, by the glory of God, we have been able to stay in the black ink and we've been able to be uh, uh, effective is not the right word, but uh, we've been able to see transformation happen, right? We've been able to see lives move from belief, from unbelief to belief. We've been able to see um, the darkness push back and the light mm. in the ground. That's amazing, dude. Dude, as we kind of start to land the plane here, thank you so much for mm. just your insight and just your openness and sharing. Um, man, how about this one? Like, what is maybe one thing that maybe people might miss, you know, and that you want to just highlight? Like, what's one consideration most people might miss when they begin to think about finances in the microchurch model? When something that you're like, oh, you went into this, it's like, oh, I didn't expect this. And now I know this. So like, like in, in the street, some people might say, you know, put us on game, man. Like, let us know what's up. Man, I, the, the effectiveness of this model with so little yeah. is, is the big thing. I was um, surprised by it, and, but in, a, in such a great way, right? Um, so I was just reading last week that in 2008, the Center for the Study of Global Christianity estimated that it costs about $350,000 per baptism or per convert in America. This is, this is 13 years ago, $350,000 per. 
our budget last year was less than that. And you've seen, and we people. moved from three micro churches to 36. We trained over 1200 people in, in the missionary pathway, um, through an online learning platform that at the end of the day, it costs us pennies per user. And, um, and, and it's, it's effective because it's helping people realize who they're called to, what Jesus has in store for their lives, and that they too can join him in the mission. It's not just for other people. It's not just for, uh, for seminary trained or the volunteers at the church building, but it's for all of us. Um, so seeing how effective we can be in pushing back that darkness and and with so little was the big we we talk we talk about this i think i stole this from ralph moore or someone else and i just you know kind of re reworded it but it's the the reality that the low overhead is you know it's inexpensive right Mm -hmm. it's it's easily transferable and it's simple Mm -hmm. right and then and we love that about the model that it you know it doesn't take a lot to kind of start and just have coffee with a couple of people in a coffee shop or you know you know, buy some baked goods and bring it over to your neighbor's house and have the neighbor make coffee and then start talking about Jesus and life and, and just hanging out, you know, that you're already going to be doing some of these things, but you're doing it with intentionality to see your city, your space, your network of relationships filled um, with uh, the gospel and saturated with the love and light of Jesus. And so, man, that's, that's amazing. Yeah, we know we have we have multiplication baked in from the start, right? We have obedience sure. baked in from the start. So, so we coach our missionaries on obedience based disciple making practices. We use discovery Bible study, which is yep. which is you know a built in this obedience based. And so from the start, right, new disciples, new believers that moving from unbelief to belief, they're doing it in all areas, right? And so in all areas, including their finances, and and so from the start, we're seeing people that are just committed to. Um, to being good stewards of every aspect of their life. And, and, and at the end of the day, that is, it's, it's transferable, it's lightweight, it's easy, it's, it's reproducible. We can, we can transplant a missionary to any corner of the city and see this thing pop up again. Mm. Like you said, gathered around a coffee shop, gathered around a, 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 you know, a driveway in somebody's neighborhood. Um, and, it's, and it's so lightweight. Timmy, thank you for your time today, man. We, we greatly appreciate it. I hope listeners that this was insightful for you, that this was something um, that we can refer back to, but also that maybe connected more dots for you as, as you're along this journey with us here at the Simple Church Collective and keeping it simple. Timmy, as we, before we let you go, how could people maybe connect with you and, and keep in line with what the Kingdom City Underground is doing and, and be in the know about what, what Timmy's up to? Absolutely. Well, you can check us out at kcunderground.org. Uh, sign up for our newsletter. We send out a weekly newsletter on Thursdays. It just talks about what's happening in our network, ways to connect. And we also send out a prayer guide every Tuesday. Um, we've got about a thousand people across the world that are joining us in, in extraordinary prayer and fasting rhythms every Tuesday. Um, so if you'd like to know more about the underground, connect in that way, uh, that'd be great. Um, we would we would love to, to hear from you and uh, and hear how we can serve you and maybe see something pop up in your own city and your own network as well. And we appreciate your love, your generosity, your open handedness towards us and to others like us. And, Mm. and, and I, and I said this to Brian and to Rob, (laughs) this is what I said. I said, man, you'll never know how many people you're reaching. He's like, no, we're keeping track. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> we're keeping track. And that's what Brian said to me. He said, we're keeping track. But that's but but it's amazing what Jesus is doing and what he's up to and, and the fact that um it just takes so little and to be able to do so much, you know. Mm-hmm. One person at a time, loving people well, just being obedient and just being faithful and generous. So thank you so much oh, thanks Timmy, for, for being me. with us. Mm-hmm. Thanks for making time uh this evening to be with us. God bless you, man. God bless the Casey Underground. Yeah, bless you guys. Love you. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Keeping It Simple, where we talk about life and mission in ways that are easy to understand. Stay tuned as we release episodes each Wednesday. We'd appreciate it if you would like, review, share, and subscribe our podcast. Thank you for listening.